Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Good morning. Systemic failure. The scathing new report overnight blasting the response in Uvalde from top to bottom, revealing nearly 400 officers were on the scene but failed to act as children and teachers were massacred. Just ahead, what never before seen body cam video reveals. We got to get in there. We got to get in there and just keep shooting. Let's get these kids out of here. Let's get these kids out of here. And the fury of the families. But they're saying we already knew it. They were powered. Inside the report, and overnight, another U.S. city rocked by gun violence, a mass shooting at a busy mall near Indianapolis. Complete coverage straight ahead. Global warming, excessive heat stretching from coast to coast and set to spread, while parts of Europe bake under historic temperatures. Great Britain declaring its first ever national heat emergency. We're live in London, and Al's tracking it all. Facing the fallout, President Biden returns from his controversial trip to the Middle East, how he's defending that infamous fist bump. And elsewhere in Washington, the January 6th hearings go prime time this week, the latest just ahead. In the spotlight, Prince Harry set to deliver a high-profile speech at the U.N. today and new details from a bombshell book on the royal family rift out this week. All that plus Shark Watch. What do you say? Carrie Sanders goes in search of great whites, a first-hand look at what's drawing the predators so close to U.S. beaches, some where they've never been before. And Mrs. Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, shares the first photos from her surprise weekend wedding to Ben, the match 20 years in the making, today, Monday, July 18th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie, and Oda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. Nice to have you with us on a Monday morning. So how was the wedding in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> did you go? Did J-Lo invite you? I did not go. I cannot believe they did it. I Don't know. you love they kind of just stole away in the night? They went to Vegas. Fa just family, they said. Kids, mom. Well, remember when she was here and it yes. was just broke that they got back together? Yes. And she told us off camera, this is the real this thing. Is the this is forever. And I love how she said, love is patient. Waited 20 <laughs> years for that one. Well, we'll get to that in a little mm -hmm. bit. But unfortunately, we start with this scathing new report released late yesterday. It's on the Uvalde school shooting, and it, the, the report says there was a systemic breakdown. Yeah, it happens to be the most comprehensive yet. It's highlighting how many safeguards meant to protect students just simply failed. That quote from the Texas Tribune was shared a lot overnight across social media. It really sums up the findings. In total, it says 376 law enforcement officers, a force larger than the garrison that defended the Alamo, descended upon the school in a chaotic, uncoordinated scene. The group was devoid of clear leadership, basic communications, and sufficient urgency to take down the gunman. And as we now know, 19 mm -hmm. students were killed, two teachers as well. We've got the latest on that. And also, unfortunately, another mass shooting, this one inside an Indiana mall. NBC Sam Brock leads us off on a Monday morning. He is in Uvalde for us. Sam, good morning. 
Savannah Hoda, good morning. Every time you think this couldn't get any worse, it does. That report talks about systemic failures. Three unlocked doors on the exterior of the building. As you said, Savannah, nearly 400 law enforcement officers who were here that day in Wi-Fi connectivity that was so poor some of the alerts to teachers were delayed. Now we're getting a look at body cam footage, horror inside of those hallways, and we have to warn you, the images are disturbing. For the first time, the public is getting a chilling picture of early moments inside Robb Elementary from police body camera footage. Am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? Am Early I bleeding? chaos and glimpses of calls to action. We gotta get in there. We gotta get in there. Just keep shooting. That plea coming minutes after the massacre began. But that first interaction, the only time the officers are seen in the video physically confronting the gunman for well over an hour. At one point, Uvalde School District Police Chief Peter Redondo seen trying to reason with the shooter. Let me know if there's any kids in there or anything. This could be peaceful. Arredondo, who's on administrative leave, maintains he was not the incident commander that day. This new footage released as the most comprehensive report to date conducted by the Texas House finds law enforcement, which ultimately reached 376 officers, didn't honor their most basic responsibility. The author's writing, they failed to prioritize saving the lives of innocent victims over their own safety. Several officers in the hallway or in that building knew or should have known there was dying in that classroom, and they should have done more, acted with urgency. Family members said they were hoping for more than a verbal dressing down. But they're saying we already knew it. They were powered. Ultimately, some action was taken right away. The city's mayor announcing right before this meeting, the acting chief of Uvalde's police department, Mariano Pargas, now on administrative leave. The report citing no evidence that any officer who did learn about 911 phone calls coming from inside rooms 111 and 112, including Pargas, acted on it to advocate shifting to an active shooter style response. There are also windows into heroism. Let's get these kids out of here. Let's get these kids out of here. Students apparently being pulled out of the building and this heartbreaking hallway exchange with Officer Ruben Ruiz right after the initial gunfire. Learning his wife, Eva Morales, a teacher, was shot and dying before his weapon was taken and he was removed for trying to engage the shooter, according to Texas DPS. The only teacher who did survive in those two rooms, Arnufel Reyes, shot twice, believes Morales could have been saved. If the law enforcement officers on scene would have allowed him to continue pursuing the gunman. Yeah, she would have probably lived. And I, I, I think she's one of the ones that they had said that also bled to death. All 11 of the students in his class didn't survive. Sam, it's stunning, it's shocking, and, and there's also disturbing information revealed about the gunman's past, his history online, what he was known as in that community, red flags galore. All of it is shocking. Savannah, you go back to years, to his childhood, where there are reports that he was facing bullying and social isolation, and that according to this report, Savannah, he moved over to social media platforms and gaming as a way to sort of grow his identity, find a refuge from that, but it took a darker and darker turn. We're talking about on platforms like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Yubo. He was known within the gaming community and within those social media platforms as the school shooter up to a year before the massacre. So the warning signs were there. The question is, 
days. Why weren't people saying something? Why wasn't someone intervening? That also, Savannah, we know he said to an acquaintance he was saving for something big. He asked two people to buy him firearms at the age of 17. It did not work out, and then he bought those guns when he turned 18 years old. We know what happened after that. Within, within days of his 18th birthday, Sam. Thank you very much. We have breaking news on another mass shooting in America overnight. A gunman opening fire inside a mall near Indianapolis, killing three people, injuring several others. NBC's Maggie Vespa joins us with the latest there. Hey, Maggie, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. Yeah, authorities say this all happened around the time the Greenwood Park Mall was scheduled to close. Basically, the gunman just walked in and opened fire. But authorities also say this morning it was a bystander, a random good Samaritan who stepped in to end this tragedy and ultimately kill the shooter. Investigators are searching for a motive behind a deadly shooting at a shopping mall just outside Indianapolis. Authorities say a man opened fire at the Greenwood Park Mall, killing at least three people and injuring two others, including a 12-year-old girl. According to police, an armed bystander shot and killed the gunman. It appears that a good uh, Samaritan that was armed uh, observed the shooting in progress and shot the um, the rampage happened just around 6 p.m. Sunday when authorities received multiple calls reporting shots fired. Police say a man entered the food court with a long gun and began his attack. It appears that he had a rifle with several uh, uh, magazines of ammunition, um, entered the food court and began shooting. The sound of gunshots erupting inside the mall. All of a sudden, we just hear a pop, pop, pop four times. Stunning shoppers like Olivia Harding, who says she was inside an Old Navy close by. I would say about 30 to 40 people back there with us, and um, they locked the doors. There have been more than 349 mass shootings in the United States this year, according to data from the Gun Violence Archive. Among the cities scarred, Buffalo, Uvalde, and Highland Park. President Biden earlier this summer signed new gun reform legislation aimed at curbing the violence. Meanwhile, in Indiana, police aren't releasing the so-called Good Samaritan's name, but saying the 22-year-old man was key in stopping Sunday's attack. And we are expecting more details in the coming days, including the name potentially of the shooter as well as the victims. At the same time, overnight, the mayor of Greenwood, Indiana, extending his thanks to that also unnamed Good Samaritan, adding in a statement, this person saved lives. Hoda. All right, Maggie Vest before us there in Indianapolis. Maggie, thanks. Moving now to the dangerous heat wave across a lot of the country, and it's only intensifying as the work week begins. Tens of millions of us from California to the south are under alerts this morning. And by the way, it's not just here in the U.S. where folks are sweltering. Parts of Europe experience historic heat as well. We've got complete coverage, including Al's full force forecast. But let's start with NBC's Gotti Schwartz. He's in Houston for us. Hi, Gotti. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Savannah. Yeah, more than 80% of the country is going to be seeing temperatures of over 90 degrees this week. That is bad news for a summer that's already been filled with record-breaking scorchers. From the southwest to the Great Plains, this morning more than 20 million people are waking up to dangerous and unrelenting heat. It feels like it's not 96, like it's 100 and something. Sweltering highs already shattering records from Salt Lake City to Albuquerque. He was on a bike ride and he, and he started overheating. In Texas, first responders bracing for more desperate calls as temperatures hit 100 degrees. 
The state's utility operator asking citizens to turn up their thermostats twice this week to avoid overwhelming the same power grid that failed in February 2021, while residents are once again on the edge. I really worry about the elder folks. I am really fearful that this year we're going to have more people who are afraid to run their air conditioning because of the cost. But with the heat and humidity not letting up, parts of Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas are expected to feel close to 110 degrees this week, intensifying the drought that's already crippled farmers across the region. They're out of grass, out of water, uh, nobody's making any hay. The oppressive heat also baking cities from Little Rock to Scottsdale where a ring camera captured this delivery driver momentarily collapsing in triple-digit temperatures. For those hoping to cool down with a backyard splash, pool operators are now warning that water is evaporating faster than ever before, leading to possibly dangerous levels of chemicals if left unchecked. We're losing all of our not only water, but our chemicals as well. So we're struggling with Mother Nature right now. And with little relief in sight, forecasters fear the most brutal boil is yet to come. And here in Houston, city officials are encouraging people to visit cooling centers or pools like this one at the YMCA. Not only is it refreshing, it gives you a chance to turn down that thermostat at home and give the power grid a little bit of a break. The temperatures here in Houston are expected to be as high as 100 degrees for the next six days straight. Mm. Guys. All right, it's humid too usually there. Gotti, thank you. As we mentioned, parts of Western Europe are dealing with extreme heat as well, breaking records and fueling dangerous wildfires. And now British officials have issued the first ever red warning that's labeling the historic temperatures as a national emergency. NBC's Kelly Cobiea joins us now from London. Hey, Kelly. Hi, good morning, Hoda. Yes, people are trying everything they can to cool off here in Hyde Park because London itself is said to be one of the hottest places in the world, hotter even than the Western Sahara, with forecast temperatures set to top 100 degrees. This morning, people are being warned to take cover as deadly heat sweeps across Britain. A red extreme heat warning because the National Weather Service issuing the first ever extreme heat warning with forecast highs of 105 today and tomorrow, hotter than the Sahara Desert and Delhi. People are being advised to stay home and check on their neighbors. Less than 1% of homes in Britain have air conditioning. Some schools are closing early or not opening at all. The scorching heat is bearing down on all of Western Europe, already blamed for a thousand deaths in Spain and Portugal, where they set a new July record of 117. The ferocious temperatures fueling out of control wildfires, at least 13 fires in Portugal. Flames and smoke racing toward holiday resorts in Spain and France. More than 14,000 were evacuated from Gironde in southwest France. Several thousand more told to leave another tourist hotspot, Malaga in Spain. We've just grabbed a few essentials and just ran, really. Italy is seeing its worst drought in 70 years. The government declaring a state of emergency. The Po River now little more than a trickle. And back here in the UK, with temperatures rising so incredibly high, setting records, people are being told to only travel if they absolutely have to. In fact, some of the trains are being slowed down, some even canceled, because they're worried about the tracks buckling in the heat. 
Hoda. All right, feeling it all across the globe. Kelly Cobier in London for us. Kelly, thanks. Let's bring in Al and go worldwide. Mm -hmm. It's just hot. Well, what's interesting, guys, is this really is all part of the same system. Jet stream up to the north, big heat dome here in this country, unrelenting heat right on into the next weekend. And then you travel across the Atlantic, this intense heat wave again, jet stream way up to the north there. They've got their own heat dome. We're talking about temperatures triple digits for Paris Monday and Tuesday, 102 in London, 101 in Lyon, 88 in Venice. We're looking at 106 today in Madrid. And in fact, Britain's all-time high, 102 in uh, July of 2019. They may break that. For here, 35 million people under heat advisories, heat watches, heat warnings. For today, we've got 145 million of us above 90 degrees and 51 million people with highs above 100 degrees. For today, so far, the first half of the meteorological summer, either the warmest or top five across the country. For today, triple-digit heat indexes for Little Rock, Dallas, Houston, New Orleans, and on into Atlanta. Tomorrow, the heat continues. Heat indexes, St. Louis, 101, 110 in Little Rocks, 100 in Norfolk, 102 in Charleston. And look at this. The heat continues right into the weekend. Friday, 92 in New York City, 90s in D.C., mid to upper 90s in Nashville, all the way right into Friday. Guys? All right, Al, thank you. And we'll get the rest of your forecast in a moment. Craig, good morning to you. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Savannah Hoda. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. President Biden is back in Washington this morning after his first trip in office to the Middle East, where the president says he challenged the Saudi crown prince. NBC's senior White House correspondent Kelly O'Donnell joins us with more. So, Kelly, let's start with that overseas trip. In the end, what was accomplished and, and what's still left on the table? Well, good to see you, Craig, and good morning, everyone. President Biden says he believes diplomacy from his visit to Saudi Arabia can help consumers save money here. The president said he expects the oil producers will decide to increase output in the next few weeks. That could bring down gas prices. But important to note, there was no specific commitment made, and officials say more steps are still needed. And on the controversy of the meeting, the fist bumping, and dealing with the Saudi crown prince, who U.S. officials contend ordered the 2018 murder of a Washington Post journalist, the president says he raised that killing directly and that he does not believe the denial he got from Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince. Sunday, Senator Bernie Sanders was asked about the visit and said he does not believe this president and the United States should be, quote, maintaining a warm relationship with a dictator, referring to the Saudi leadership. The president says he stood up for human rights and U.S. interests despite the criticism from this trip. Craig? So, Kelly, back here, that uh, other major story there in D.C., the January 6th committee preparing for another hearing in prime time. What can we expect from this one? This will get a lot of attention, too, Craig. The committee says it will focus on what happened during the 187 minutes from the start of the Capitol assault to the video message that was released by then-President Trump urging rioters to go home. Now, that includes access to Secret Service text messages from the 5th of January and the 6th that the committee expects to receive by tomorrow. And that comes after questions about the agency deleting some of those messages that it says were a part of a technical upgrade. They say that the messages the committee wants will be turned over. Craig? Our senior Washington correspondent, Kelly O'Donnell, for us. Kelly O, thank you. Mr. Roker, what you got? We've got severe storms in the northern plains, monsoonal moisture in the southwest. Those record highs continue down through Texas. 
Texas and more heavy rain moving into the northeast. We'll look at that coming up in the next half hour. Coming up, guys. Harry and Meghan in New York, their first public outing since the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. We'll have the latest on Harry's high-profile speech at the U.N., plus new details on that highly anticipated new book, Putting Royal Rifts back into the spotlight. And Vicki Wynn is here to help us with the soaring costs of owning a car. Hi, Vic. Hey, good morning. We are talking high car prices, low inventory. So how do you still score the ride that you need? I'll have the tips. One hint, you got to expand that search. See you in a minute. All right, Vicki, we'll see you. We're looking forward to it. But first, this is today on NBC. Oh, we're still doing air guitar. Air drum. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back. It's 7.30 on a Monday morning with our short guy, Kerry Sanders. He's at it again. A lot of people try to avoid great whites. Not Kerry. Coming up, his search for the so-called king of the deep and the new discovery. What's attracting young sharks closer to our shores? Mm. You know, that was a major opportunity to play baby shark. And no. Play no. Young sharks, baby sharks. Let's resist the urge. <laughs> Guys, good morning. Happy to have you with us. It's Monday morning. Headlines here. Jury selection scheduled to begin today in the trial of Steve Bannon, the former advisor to former President Donald Trump, is facing criminal contempt of Congress charges after refusing for months to cooperate with the January 6th committee. He faces up to a year in jail for each of the two counts against him. Earlier this month, he notified the committee that he's now willing to testify now that Trump has waived his executive privilege claim that prevented, or he thought it prevented, his testimony, an issue that's in dispute. Four people were killed yesterday after two small planes collided at a Las Vegas airport. Officials say a single-engine aircraft was preparing to land when it crashed into another small plane. Sadly, there were no survivors. An investigation into the cause of the crash is underway. Turning now to the Open Championship, and what a finish it was at St. Andrews in Scotland yesterday. Check it out here. Australia's Cameron Smith putting together one of the all-time greatest rounds in the 150-year history of that tournament. Smith with five straight birdies on the back nine, rallying from four shots back to win his first ever major championship. Smith saying afterward, quote, it's pretty cool. 
<laughs> to be on there. It really hasn't sunk in yet. I don't think it will for a few weeks. And that haircut, lots, lots of folks talking about the this Cameron Smith cut. Mm -hmm. well. I was going to say it is a victory for mullets. Business in the front, party in the party back. Party in the back. Yeah. It'll be trending again, I have yes. a feeling. All right. Well, also this morning, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are here in New York City for a big event at the United Nations today. It is the couple's first public appearance since the Queen's Platinum Jubilee last month. NBC News Now anchor Joe Fryer is here with more. Hey, Joe. Hey there. Good morning. So Prince Harry will be a keynote speaker at the U.N. event celebrating Nelson Mandela International Day. Harry is expected to speak about how Mandela overcame obstacles in his life and how those lessons can help the world tackle issues like food insecurity and climate change. And Harry's appearance comes as anticipation builds over his upcoming memoir and another book, a bombshell book focusing on the Royal Rift. To honor Nelson Mandela's birthday during a celebration at the United Nations, today Prince Harry will address the UN General Assembly. His speech is expected to focus on the life and legacy of South Africa's first black leader. During their official tour of South Africa in 2019, Harry and Meghan spent time with Mandela's widow, Grassa Michelle. Prince Harry's admiration for the late human rights leader mirrors the respect shown by his mother, Princess Diana. The two met in Cape Town in 1997 to discuss the AIDS epidemic. Harry told Hoda recently that he feels his mother around him constantly. I feel her presence in almost everything that I do now, um, but definitely more so in the last two years than ever before, without question. So she's watching over us. I'm sure she's proud of you. <laughs> I'm sure she is. Today will be the first public outing for Harry and Meghan since the Queen's Platinum Jubilee last month. The pair kept a low profile, missing the iconic balcony appearance with the rest of the royal family at Buckingham Palace, but attending a church service. Their children, Lilibet and Archie, were said to have spent time with the Queen. It comes as speculation mounts about Prince Harry's upcoming memoir and what he'll reveal about the family. There will be some concern amongst the royal family that Harry's memoir might have more of those bombshell accusations that we saw come from the couple when they did their sit down with Oprah Winfrey. And there's another explosive new book detailing the Sussexes fallout with the other royals, according to insider interviews. In an exclusive excerpt published in the Sunday Times, author Tom Bauer details Harry and Meghan festering with fury over the Queen's Jubilee when the palace, quote, refused all of their demands for a prominent role. Bauer even writes Harry's presence at Prince Philip's funeral in April, quote, remained a problem, adding Harry and William were separated and the Queen was allegedly relieved Meghan was not in attendance. And as you might predict, the palace is declining to comment on all of this. We also reached out to the Sussexes as well. We have not yet heard they didn't, back. They didn't call you back? Oh, <laughs> Joe. But they know how to reach me. You Thank should you text Joe. them next time. I was, yeah. there, no one answers the phone. Uh -huh. Twitter or something. Yeah. Uh, up next on a Monday morning, everything you need to know if you are in the market for a new car, folks. The short supply right now leading to very high prices and limited options as well. Vicki Wynn standing by with... Some ways to walk us through how to find and how to finance that next set of wheels. And then imagine doing a routine wall repair and then finding art that has been hidden for 500 years. Oh, it happened. Our rare access inside the Palace of Monaco, where an incredible piece of history is being uncovered. But first, these messages. We're back. 
740 with today's Consumer Confidential. So if high gas prices have you thinking about saving by buying a more fuel-efficient car, you might want to think again. Yeah, that's because according to J.D. Power, the average price, average price of a new vehicle is now at an all-time high. And those rising interest rates are only driving up the cost of those monthly payments. NBC senior consumer investigative reporter Vicki Wynn is here. She'll explain what's going on and how to navigate those bumpy roads, Vic. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, the biggest red light for car buyers right now, the lack of inventory, those computer chip shortages we've been talking about for the past 18 months, well, that's all still affecting car makers. And now higher interest rates mean new buyers they're paying more on their car loans. More than 12% of all new car loans now costing folks more than $1,000 a month. For would-be car buyers, there's not much to choose from. At dealerships and even online, inventory is down and prices are way up. Buying a car right now is miserable. If it's running, keep it running. If it needs some repairs, it's cheaper to repair it. The reasons? A now familiar combination of computer chip shortages and production slowdowns from the pandemic, along with geopolitical factors, including the invasion of Ukraine. With vehicles in short supply, dealers are able to charge big markups. I'm trying to buy a Lexus a luxury SUV uh, in the Connecticut area, and the dealers are saying, well, number one, you're probably not going to see one until 2023. Number two, they're asking anywhere from twenty dollars to $40,000 over MSRP. Buyer's remorse now becoming a common theme on TikTok. If you absolutely need a car now, experts say be flexible. If your first choice vehicle isn't available, try a competitor's version of the same model. Be ready to travel. Look for dealers outside your immediate area. Act fast. If you see something you like, put down a deposit, then take it for a test drive. Just be sure that deposit is refundable if the car doesn't feel right. Not only are car prices going up, higher interest rates are making loans more expensive. To make sure you're getting the best rate, plan ahead and check your credit score. Shop around. Some credit unions offer better rates than dealers. If you're having trouble making payments, reach out to your lender immediately. Another option to lower monthly payments is to extend the duration of the loan, but financial advisors say that's not ideal. Cars typically depreciate in value, not increase in value. And so at, at some point you might have an older car that you might not be happy with and you're still paying that additional uh, payment and interest. Most of all, experts say cars should be thought of as an expense, not an investment or a status symbol. We all love our nice cars, um, but at the end of the day, just think about what else could you do with that money? One potential silver lining, your used car has never been more valuable. Now is a great time to sell your car. You're going to get more for, for the old one that you have, but you're going to pay a lot more for the one that you're going to buy. Yeah, it's a little bit of a catch-22. Even though gas prices are starting to come down, they are still incredibly high, and that is driving demand for electric vehicles. A Consumer Report survey found 71% of Americans expressed some interest in EVs, 14% saying they would definitely buy or lease one now if they could, and could is the key word. Because they're hard, right. they're hard, to, are hard find. to find as well, yeah. So when might these issues be resolved and prices go back down like the old days? I know. I wish I had good news here. They're saying late 2023, possibly even 2024. Jeez. This is wow. the industry analysts. So no relief in sight very soon. Okay. All right. All right. Thank Thanks you, Vicki. Thank you, Vicki. Let's get a check of the weather. What's up, Al? Well, we're looking at some severe weather making its way into the northeast and also the plains today. We're already looking at showers here in New York, stretching across upstate New York and down through the Mississippi River Valley, Nashville, Memphis, 
Little Rock's already seen some storms. As you can see, we do have a risk of some severe weather. Wind gusts, a possible 60 miles per hour with this system. Warm front lifts up along this low pressure during the day today. Heavy rain into the northeast in New England or along the I-95 corridor as well. Tomorrow, that frontal system will start to break down. We're going to be looking at spotty showers and thunderstorms lingering across the southeast. Rainfall amounts one to two inches down through the lower Mississippi River Valley. Heaviest rain is going to be here in the northeast in New England, upstate New York, with some hourly rainfall rates up to an inch. And that is your latest weather. Guys? Guess what, Al? What? They did it. Ooh. They <laughs> did it. The details being spilled overnight by the new Jennifer Affleck. She took his name. It was a surprise weekend over the weekend in Vegas. Why she says it proves love is beautiful, kind, but mostly patient. Coming up after this. Summer. The best time of year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Here we go. We've been waiting 49 minutes to really get into it. J-Lo and Ben. It happened, Carson. Yeah, it did. Even in St. Andrews, I heard. <laughs> Superstars, Jennifer Lopez, Ben Affleck, who got engaged for the second time back in April. They officially got married. Chanel's here with all the details. Good morning to you guys. Hey, everybody. So, yes, J-Lo and Ben kept their wedding plans under wraps, but they made it official this weekend in Las Vegas with a small but very special ceremony. It's official. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck have tied the knot. We did it, J-Lo writing. Love is beautiful. Love is kind. And it turns out, Love is patient, 20 years patient. The superstar describing in her newsletter how they flew to Vegas, stood in line for a license with four other couples. Somebody's getting married. Lopez wore a dress from an old movie while Affleck donned a jacket from his closet. It was my wedding changing area. The pair exchanged vows in front of their children in what Lopez calls the best moment of her life and signing her name as Mrs. Jennifer Lynn Affleck. The Hollywood power couple, often known as Benifer, has been lighting up social media and stealing headlines since rekindling their romance last year. JLo opening up to Hoda and Savannah earlier this year. I think what we learned from the last time is that uh, love, when you are lucky enough to find it, is so sacred and special, and you have to hold a little bit of that privately. I'm engaged! <laughs> the superstars announced their engagement in April. Their relationship has unfolded much like a Hollywood movie script after first meeting on the set of Geely in 2002. They began a very public romance, Affleck famously appearing in Jenny from the Block. 
For two years, they ruled the red carpet, but called off their first engagement in 2004. Both went on to marry and divorce. Eventually, the two found their way back to one another. And now, like a true Hollywood ending, their union is official. Lopez writing, love is a great thing, maybe the best of things, and worth waiting for. So there you have it. You know what, guys? It's official. She yes. never, you know, she's had lots of heartbreak in her life, but she never gets hard. Like she That's really true. does love, yeah. love. Like she loves it. You yeah. can feel that. I'm just, I'm just happy. Yeah, she happy loves for her. love. We'll yeah. take it. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. What else? Yeah. Very good. Coming up, Carrie Sanders is going to take us on a little journey to find some great white sharks and to answer the question: Why are younger ones showing up in places that they have never been before? TikTok. Carrie Sanders in shorts <laughs> coming up. That's a love shot. Wow. wow.